Yeah, so I, how is everything going? How are you enjoy, enjoying playing at Angel City? It's amazing. Honestly, it's it's the experience I feel like we all wanted for women's soccer. And it's really cool to be a part of. Um, and I hope it just kind of sets the standard to keep pushing the bar forward. So everyone falls in line and new teams coming in follow suit. So it's pretty, it's pretty cool. Everyone that we've talked to from Angel City says that just like the level of professionalism and the attention to detail and everything is like how you always like envisioned it to be in your brain for, for female athletes. I'm so, it's so awesome to hear that. Um, so there's a lot of new going on for you. you. got living in a new place, playing a new position, new teammates, new coaches. Uh, how do you handle all of that new all at once? Does it get overwhelming for you or is it more exciting? Um, yeah, it's a little bit of both. I think for sure I'd be lying if I didn't say it was overwhelming, especially, you know, last year from the expansion draft to like the start of preseason was like six weeks, I think. So it was a big move for everyone coming in. Um, but I think, you know, I have an incredible support system with my family and my husband. They've, they've been down this road with me since day one. So I think they, they're my safe space and, are so supportive anything I need at any point in time they help so they've been huge in that and then the rest is just like I love what I'm doing you know so I just take all the other challenges in stride and and grow from it are your parents making like a cross-country trip to see you play all the time do they do they live on Long Island yeah, they're still in Long Island and now they're both retired. So yeah, they just pretty much map out um they try and get like two games out of a trip. So it's been easier with like Challenge Cup being incorporated or we have a three game week and mm-hmm. you know, they circle that, they come out, um, and then they're pretty much at every East Coast game. And then now what they've been doing is going to the new city. So I don't think they've been to Chicago yet. So like that's the game they want to come to this year. So they're incredible. They they rarely miss miss a game, whether they're watching it live or or on the stream. That that's is so all, cool. Yeah. I I want my kid to be a professional athlete, so I can do that. That sounds so fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. No, they, they're loving it. <laughs> That's awesome. I was going to say all of your retirement money is just towards continuing to yeah. go and see your child play. <laughs> yeah. like, places too. I mean, that's awesome. It sounds amazing. <laughs> and, and with the new position, how has that been? Like, how's the transition to diff- a different part of the field? Yeah, it's been relatively smooth. I think because it was like out of necessity, like last year we had so many injuries that like I remember looking around the roster and being like, okay, like I think (laughs) I think I'm the most valid option at this point in time. So I kind of embraced it because I felt like it would be the best thing for the team. Um, and then my teammates that were, were there with me for their transition were so supportive and like helping me and just like believed I can do it. And then that really helped me believe I can do it. And then this year coming in, um, we obviously lost merit for a a short period of time, but like having her and just knowing that like, 
I don't have to carry the brunt of it, you know, like I have, I have support in there, um, has been huge too. So it's just been, I feel like a collective shift and like that support from my, my teammates that really helped me out. Do you have any just quick advice for any players listening who are being thrown into a different position and they're like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm sure you, you have some sort of advice for, cause to help make the transition a slightly a bit easier. Yeah, for sure. I would say just like, don't be afraid to ask questions. Like, obviously, it's something new. And I think that for me, I just like embrace that I I wasn't going to be perfect. I knew I was going to make mistakes. And that was going to be okay. So just ask questions. Um, educate yourself. Like I watched so many games in the last year of just like, different right backs in the women's game and the men's game, national team players, just like trying to absorb as much information as I could to apply it to the field. So I think just being honest in where you are um, kind of gives you a, fr- a clean slate. So you don't have so much pressure on yourself and you can just really grow into the new role. I think that's such good advice. It's so important as a reminder for players to be watching games and like look at the position that you're being told to play in. You can learn so much from just doing that. It is watching film something that you do often, even if it's not about the transition of the the position. Yeah, definitely. Like you said, I think it's like the best way to just learn, especially when you're watching um, other players at the elite level, like international players or um, players in the men's game. Um, you just you just read the game and can like understand the game on a whole different level because you're able to see the bigger picture. You know, when you're in there, you see like your little point of the field and like the people most clear to you. But like watching it from that removed state, like you just like appreciate the game on a different level. And I think it's underrated form of like training. Yeah, for sure. Um Okay, so you've been in the NWSL for a while. You played with Philly Independence, which is so crazy to think, like, how far back. But, like, and you've had experiences with so many different teams. Can you tell us, like, what, how has the league changed since you started playing, for better or for worse? Yeah, I think, I think it's kind of, in terms of competitiveness and, like, the skill and the talent has always been there. Um, A lot of people ask me, like, in terms of like playing time, like how did you stick it out when you were younger? And I was like, it was so, 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 so competitive in the first couple of years because the roster sizes were so small that like making it on a team was so hard in the beginning. But then uh, like you got the game experience right away because, you know, you got to have playing time. You got to travel because the roster size was so small. So I feel like in the beginning, it was super hard to just get there. But when I got there, I was like, okay, I'm here. I can just grow. There's that grace period of like, I can learn from all these incredible older players. And then as the league grew, it was kind of like, okay, numbers are short now. <laughs> like everybody, everybody has to play. Everybody has to take up an expansive role. And like, that's where I think I grew the most. I think that's where the league kind of dipped in terms of resources and what they provided for the players. Um, and rightfully so, like we had, no league had ever made it past year three. So it was definitely, those were the main growing pains that came into fruition. But now with like the growth of the sport on like a global level and you see so much more investment and resources being poured into the league, it's huge. I've been calling this like the golden ages of women's soccer. Like it's such a good time to be in the sport, be involved in any way, whether you're playing, supporting, um, 
a youth player watching and engaging like ownership level it's just such a cool time because you can see the value of the game and the the players really being like respected and appreciated for the talent they have so it's super cool um and i'm just excited to see you know where we can go from here i know it, it is so cool to see the growth of it and you've been there since the start so it's awesome but what has happened so far and there's so much more to come which is exciting and i'm sure you've seen we know we saw the video of you a few weeks ago on angel city um talking about the importance of representation of black athletes on the field and i'm sure you've seen that growth so far being in the league um can you just talk a little bit about that because it's something that's such a good reminder for us all of that crucial role so we would just love to hear any any thoughts you have on it yeah, I love it. Like, I feel like for those of us who've been in soccer for majority of our life, we know how diverse the sport is. You know, it's the number one sport in the world. So it gets sad when you get to those like collegiate and elite levels that you see that diversity slowly fall out of the game. And a lot of that has to do with like lack of access and resources and the financial burden that comes as you enter those, you know, um, more competitive levels as a kid and so i think now you know seeing more and more black girls into the sport more and more black girls playing in college getting drafted out of college and even on the men's side too in the mls like it's huge it's just like i guess a reminder of that like we have a lot of work to do but that it is possible and so we get to continue to encourage the next generation that they do belong in this sport and and us being a part of it is a is a happy reminder for them that if that's what they want to do when they grow up that it's possible did you have any role models like black athlete role models when you were younger yeah i was just like having this conversation the other day actually like obviously my my two brothers played so like they're my number one i always you know credit them because i wouldn't be here today without them but um there was no like predominant women's soccer league back then you know it was the national team and that was it really so all my like black athletes that i looked up to when i was younger were like WNBA players the williams sisters because that's who i saw myself in and it wasn't necessarily that like basketball was my number one sport or I never even played tennis, but like they made me believe that one day if I wanted to be a professional athlete, I could. Yeah, I was going to say, it's so crazy. Like the difference now, I feel like like players like you, there's so many more black women soccer players who are playing at the professional level. And it's so cool to see because these young players can see that you guys, like, we're all playing professional soccer. You're representing that, and I think that's so important. And you even wrote um, a couple of blogs for us, actually, or or we mentioned you in a couple of our blogs, so we should definitely share those in the description. Um, And you said some really profound stuff, but, like, what, um, how can, like, black female athletes stay in the game? You know, like, we want to reduce that, like, drop, dropping out aspect so how can uh, do you have any like quick tips or advice for anyone listening yeah i think like for those in the game now who want to like make it to the next level knowing that there's multiple paths like you can go overseas you don't need to necessarily make it or in the nwsl and and that's it so i think there are a lot of different avenues you can take to becoming a professional um in terms of like getting to college and and on elite youth clubs, that's a a lot of the work that I'm doing with the BWPC in forms of like 
scholarship programs and um, creating safe spaces for, for kids in underserved neighborhoods to be able to get out and play. And I think I would like challenge people in positions of um, leadership to, to go into those neighborhoods and like recruit kids from those areas because they love the game, they're talented, and they just need a little bit more access and resources to continue on their path. I was going to say, like, there's only so much sometimes you can do from the bottom trying to make your way up. But if, yeah, it, where you go and scout and recruit as a coach absolutely can influence the game and have such a trickle-down effect. And it's not for a lack of talent that they're going to certain places. They're going to just the tournaments with the biggest name and the most resources. And sometimes that leads you to be recruiting in a very limited and non-diverse group of athletes. And that same exact talent exists everywhere, just in less funded areas of the game. So I love that. And I, I wish I could remember what I read that referenced a coach and, and how he was choosing where he went to recruit from. And he was talking about how it, I guess it, he was just pleasantly surprised that the level of talent is everywhere it's just sometimes you have to, yes, make the conscious effort to go and seek it out in the non-obvious place to go seek it out. And I, I think that, that that is also where a big level of responsibility needs to come from the top. And that's how an impact can be made from the top, not just, you know, you can only do so much as a player with the resources that you have. So I love that you bring that up. That's so important. And it's really cool that you're such an amazing role model to so many younger athletes now. It's a lot of pressure, I'm sure, but <laughs> doing a great job. Um, do you and a role model to your teammates? Like, do you feel like because you are a vet that you have to act in a certain way, or are there things that you try to implement onto your teammates so that they can, uh, you know, be a teammate in a certain way back, and vice versa? Yeah, I try to. I feel like my my default setting is just really happy and bubbly and welcoming and. Um, I, I always feel kind of taken aback when people like I hear in their interviews or whatever, they mention me in like a mentorship role. I'm like, oh, like, thank you. Like, I'm just, you know, trying to make sure that like you feel good in this environment and, and you feel wanted and valued because I know that like when people do feel that, then they're able to perform to the best of their ability. So I think just I try and be me because I think my most authentic self is is beneficial to the whole team. <laughs> That's awesome. You definitely are so welcoming and bubbly as long as I've known you <laughs> back, back from the Fury days. Yeah, um, for sure. Okay, so can you tell us a little bit about, not, not soccer related, what are your passions off the field? Ooh, um, I love the outdoors, like love it always loved it since growing up on Long Island, like lived at the beach all the summers, like um, studied biology in, in college. Like my favorite class was this bug class. We were out catching bugs and like just big old nerd who like loves being outside. Um, so that's probably what I'm super passionate about. I think um, I have, I have a company called Jazz It Up. It's a sustainable lifestyle brand and it, its literal existence is to just educate and inspire people to love the planet and, you know, be respectful to one another. So yeah, just like being outside and enjoying nature just really makes me happy. That's awesome. Is that one of your sweatshirts? Yeah. <laughs> My favorite one. <laughs> of the logo. That's very cool. So where do you get, like, where do you get the clothing from? It's uh, e-commerce. So it's all online. Uh, the website is jazzitupofficial.com. So 
that's awesome. And I can't believe that you liked the bugs in class because that was like my least favorite part of those classes. <laughs> so you don't kill the spiders. You you catch them and release them outside? Yeah, there's like, I give it a rule. Like you stay in your space, I stay in mine. If they move and they're in a space where we will interact, I will do my best to get it out. Otherwise he has to go. <laughs> Yeah, I actually have a crazy story. There was a roach in one of my apartments. Like we had a massive storm when I lived in Houston and you know, that happens. They come up through the drain and I took like 30 minutes, like trying to flip it on its back to get it out of the apartment, got it out, was like so proud of myself, flipped it back over. And my roommate came home and was like, there was a huge roach outside our room. So I stepped on it. I was like, no. (laughs) You wasted so much time. I'm sorry. You should not save a roach, though. Come on. That is disgusting. I know, but I felt like that just paints the picture of, like, who I am. Yes, in you're an environmentalist. We absolutely Basically raised it, and then it got killed. So. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. Do you, do you find it challenging to run a company at the same time as playing? Um, yeah. balance with that? It's hard. I think in some ways it's a, it's a healthy balance in terms of, like, when it's super stressful in season, you know, like you're just competing all day, every day to be your best. It's such a good release to channel my energy in other ways. But then at the same time, like I don't have the manpower to dedicate all the time I need to like continue to grow the business. So like last year, because the move and and the transition and everything in LA was so time consuming, I, I didn't put out like one collection and I was okay with that. I was like, you know what? Like I'd rather take the time and do it right than just rush to put something out that I'm not super proud or passionate about. So it gave me time to kind of recollect and um, work on my vision for this year. And then I have some really cool things coming out later this year that like if I didn't take that time, I probably wouldn't even gone in this direction. So it's difficult. But yeah, it's it's still a nice little balance as well. Awesome, but very real about like sometimes you have to put more energy towards one bucket than another sometimes, and that goes with all things in life, but especially trying to be a professional athlete and a company owner at the same time. Um, I'm curious, uh, what is the biggest lesson that soccer has taught you? Ooh, um, I think just like how to be resilient because there's so many challenges from just like losing a game, like. I feel like is the biggest thing at the top of my list. Like when I lose anything, even a mini game in training, I'm pissed, but like you got to bounce back and and show up the next day. Um, That like I had a long-term injury, like coming back from that. um, It just the process of being a pro and, and staying a pro, like it's tough. It's a tough journey. And I feel like sometimes on the other side, you only see like the glamorous moments, but it's a grind, a constant grind. And so I feel like it's just taught me so much about how to be resilient, how to bounce back, never give up, just things that are like really essential to life. Because then when life comes at you hard, you're like, okay, like, I'm going to get through this. I'm going to get on the other side of it. Because I've had so many of these lessons on and off the soccer field in relation to the game. So yeah, it is crazy how much we learn from the game on and off the field. It's definitely shaped a lot of us to who we are. Um, so that's awesome. Uh, I love those lessons that you've learned. Um, all right, guys, you want to finish with some rapid fire? Slow burn. You could take your time. They're all fun yeah. questions. <laughs> um, what's your go-to coffee order? 
Ooh, okay. I don't drink coffee, but I'm a tea girl. Um, and I've been drinking this like ashwagandha marshmallow tea in the morning. It's like supposed to be really calming and soothing. Um, and it's good because the commute here is crazy sometimes. So I drink it so I don't have road rage on the way to my training. (laughs) That's a good, that's honestly good because if you had coffee, it would be the opposite. Exactly. You would be worse off. Um, (laughs) what are you doing on a day off? Um, probably sleeping to be honest, but when I do have some extra energy, um, I've been trying to see as much of LA as possible. So, you know, whether it's a hike getting down to the beach, um, or some like super cool, like there's a a lot of cool bookstores here. Um, so I've been taking some off my list, but yeah. What is your favorite book? Right now, I'm reading this book called, <laughs> it's it's very cheesy, but um, Intersectional Environmentalism. It's by Leah Thomas. She's a super cool influencer, activist that I follow. Um, and it's really, yeah, it's really profound. So that's what I'm reading right now. You ever go to the bookstore to read in the bookstore? I think that's like the yeah. nicest feeling ever that's the only yeah. time i'll sit and read a book and, then, and the people that who work there are really mad yeah they're like just buy it I'm but like, then why do they make the cubbies why do they make exactly. the couches there yeah absolutely exactly. whatever everybody we're going to do it anyway uh do you have a favorite drill at training um this is like a love hate drill. You know the drill where it's like flying changes. It's like one v one, two v two, three. Okay, I hate it. It's because I'm tired. I'm so tired after when it's on the schedule. I'm like no. But when you're in it and your team's trying to win, I'm like let's go. So it's like so fun. That's my favorite one. But it's like a love hate relationship because it's hard. But so you I get it. a schedule of the drills that are going to happen at practice that day. Yeah, it's okay. It's so legit. We have it's it's a presentation. Oh my god! It it goes on like a loop in our locker room, so we know what what we're gonna do. Then we have the team meeting, but also we've been doing like Champions League points. So they pick like one drill every session that if your team wins or you win, you get a Champions League point. So like at the end of the season, whoever has the most Champions League points wins. And I feel like it's made everything even more competitive. Oh, yeah. And let me tell you, the first two yeah. weeks of training, I didn't win one point. I was like devastated. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I'm going to be the biggest loser at the end of the season. <laughs> but I've, I've made a solid comeback. I'm creeping nice. up the ladder now. So I'm not over. That is such a simplistic idea to let players know what they're going to practice that day. And I feel like the unknown of not having a clue kept me, made me on edge at all times i was never settled during practice i also feel like a lot of coaches don't know what they're doing i also think so it's, it's, <laughs> it depends it's you have to keep them accountable as well you know brilliant wow i don't know why that never occurred to me. extra long water break you're like they don't know what they're doing <laughs> that's hysterical okay who is your favorite team to watch Ooh, arsenal and i'm gonna get a lot of heat for that because you know, they're killing it right now. Nobody liked them before. But I've been an Arsenal fan since I was like six because that was the first um, premiere game that uh, me and my family have ever gone to live back when like Thierry Henry was playing. So I'm a diehard and I deserve this moment, everyone. Okay. 
Um, do you have a favorite player to watch in any sport? Ooh, um, I've got a couple. Okay, I I love Rafa Nadal. That was random, but that's just who popped into my head. Love him. Um, I love Saka on Arsenal. Um, I love Reese James in studying right backs. Love Reese James. Um, Sam Kerr is my girl. I always big her up when I can. Um, what other sports? I will say Michael Jordan will always be my goat, and I'll leave it at that. Nice. Those are all <laughs> solid. Uh, what actor would play you in a biopic? Ooh. I would say Marseille Martin. You know her from um, Blackish? She's like huge in all those gifts because her face is so like. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, probably her. Love it. Who's the most famous person in who's the most famous person's phone number saved in your phone? Ooh. Can I say this? You don't have we're to not, say the phone yeah, number. We're not gonna call we're <laughs> not gonna <laughs> We've had some interesting ones yeah. recently. Um I I do have Natalie Portman's phone number. Oh, <gasps> that's a good that's one. So cool. <laughs> I think she has the the best maybe the you, best one. Yeah, I think you got one of the coolest ones for sure. Yeah. Do you guys it's not saved as her name though? Yeah, you oh, can't do. Yeah, you got a cool name, Doc McStuffins or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got it. <laughs> that was it, wasn't it? <laughs> got to change it now. <laughs> All right. If you had a post-game sandwich named after you, what would be on it? Oh, ooh, okay. Um, it'd probably be like some type of deluxe grilled cheese like with like bacon and tomato that on like fire. some like a good bread you know like the thick bread mm-hmm. yeah i'm familiar with that bread yeah <laughs> <laughs> me and carly talked about bread for like 20 minutes yesterday so that's all like, i've been eating grilled, it makes grilled the sandwich cheese. Literally. yeah it makes the sandwich it's important it's the vehicle it's the vehicle it is definitely um, a last question. What's your biggest soccer girl problem? Uh, short legs. Like, <laughs> the amount of times I try to, like, tackle or, or intercept a pass thinking I'm going to get there, and I'm just an inch short, like, <laughs> <laughs> tragic. That's a good one. We've never gotten that. <laughs> well, Jasmine, thank you so much for coming on. It was awesome catching up with you, and we just love everything you do, and... Uh, we just hope you continue to just crush it on the field. Hopefully we get to see you play in person soon. Thank you. Thanks and for we- having me. Awesome. Yeah. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. Bye. Thank you. Bye.